Hi, I'm Andy Lachmiers, and this is German New Medicine Made Easy. You can listen to this episode as a podcast, you can watch it as a video on YouTube, and you can read the transcription or the blog. If you're not familiar with German New Medicine, I'm going to refer you to the very first episode in this series that is called, What is German New Medicine? Because this episode will make a lot more sense if you listen to that first. I've heard from quite a few of you since I made my very first coronavirus podcast. Many of you have concerns, and so I thought I would create another podcast to address those. I will be talking about conspiracy theories and Italy, and I'll also end with some tips for you and your families. Now, this is all from a German new medicine perspective, and it's my opinion. And so it's meant for educational purposes only. This is not medical advice. So let's start with conspiracy theories. A common one I've been hearing about is the 5G network, that the 5G network has caused the coronavirus in China. Well, let's look at the specifics of this to see if it makes sense from a GNM perspective. The rollout of 5G in China, from what I can figure, first occurred in April of 2019, and it's in a city that I can't pronounce, but I'll put it in the show notes below. And it's 560 miles away from Wuhan, China. So no one in this city where it started, where the 5G rollout began, it has 12 million people in it, and no one in this city experienced what we would call the coronavirus or COVID-19. So if 5G causes this, why wouldn't these people have gotten sick? They should have been the first people in China to get sick, and they didn't. So there's no logic there. In this large city, the the first case they had was January 14th. It was nine months later. Again, this doesn't make sense. At the end of October 2019, China announced it was rolling out 5G on November 1st in five major cities, which means if the coronavirus is caused by 5G, it would have begun equally in all five cities. But it didn't. That did not occur. Symptoms began only in one of those five cities, and that was Wuhan. And I'll refer you to my first podcast on what occurred in Wuhan that I think began the symptoms. Now, I'm not a proponent of 5G. Does it weaken the body? No doubt about it. But that's not the same as causing conflict shocks. And what we know about the five biological laws that Dr. Hammer discovered He discovered that all diseases begin with a conflict shock and that diseases assist us in times of unexpected distress. So diseases are our survival mechanisms. I mentioned that 5G may weaken the body and yes, it can weaken the vital energy of the body over time. And this can be true of all EMFs at certain intensities. Now this is different from causing a conflict shock which then follows the two-phase pattern that Dr. Hammer discovered. The real culprit in my mind of 5G is how your psyche perceives the shocks in your life. And of course, that is determined by who you are as a person. You are your belief systems. So if you are super upset about 5G and you're worked up about it, you're much more apt to have a conflict shock with it than if you're relaxed about it and you're calmly putting EMF blockers around your house if you feel moved to do so. The issue that needs to be addressed here with 5G 
is your belief system. It isn't necessarily 5G itself. So I don't see 5G as the cause of the COVID-19 because it doesn't make sense and it doesn't fit the timeline. Now let's look at bat poop as the potential culprit of COVID-19. And we'll also look at the genetic manipulation of the coronavirus as a bioweapon. And these are actually kind of similar from a GNM view. The belief is that the supposed coronavirus was manipulated in the biolab in Wuhan and made into a bioweapon that was intentionally or accidentally released in Wuhan. And it's a similar principle to the, the bats that live in Wuhan who supposedly have the coronavirus in their poop and thus they spread it all around the city and that makes people sick. All right, so let's look at this from a GNM perspective. First of all, both of these have the premise that number one, viruses exist, and two, they make us sick when we come into contact with them. Neither of these is accurate. I'll refer you to Virus Mania, which is a, a book and now a PDF that you can get free on my website, on my BioHealthWorks Institute website, and that's in the show notes. It gives you real information from real scientists about the particles that other researchers are saying are viruses. So if viruses don't exist, which is what the premise of virus mania is, then what are doctors looking at under the microscope? Well, they're looking at strands of polypeptides, of proteins that our bodies create. They actually don't really look for these. They look for what they call antibodies, which are also made of protein. There's a lot more of this in virus mania, so I'm going to refer you to the book because those are the scientists. I am not. Let's get back to bat poop and bioweapons, two exciting topics. So the bats in Wuhan are not spreading the coronavirus because the coronavirus doesn't exist. There's really nothing more I can say about this. The people in Wuhan who displayed these first symptoms were in the healing phase I described in the first podcast. And the spread of this is due to the territorial fear. That's what's spreading, is the fear. Let's look at bioweapons. And first I wanna start with a story. Now Americans have this thing, it's this belief that if they go to Mexico to vacation and they drink the water, they might get Montezuma's revenge, which means they'll have massive diarrhea and they'll blame it on the water. However, this doesn't happen to everyone who vacations in Mexico and drinks the water. Why not? Because water is not the culprit. For the people who have diarrhea, they just resolve their indigestible morsel conflict. So maybe they've been hating their job for months and they've been looking forward to this escape from the daily grind by going to Mexico. So once they get there, they resolve their conflict and they go into the healing phase which means they then have symptoms. It's not about the water. If it was about the water, then all Americans would get sick from it, and they don't. What's different in Mexico is that the microbes that are in the air, in the plants, in the food, in the water, and so forth, they're different in different parts of the world. So when we're exposed to microbes that our body is not familiar with because they don't live where we live, then when we have a healing phase, it can be a little bit more complicated and more uncomfortable because these new microbes are trying to help you return to homeostasis. They're trying to help you with the cell growth or replenish cell loss. 
And because they're new, the healing phase will look different than if we're in our usual environment. What I just described also describes the idea of bioweapons. We know bioweapons can't be viral because viruses don't exist. They could, though, be bacterial because bacteria exist. In German New Medicine, we know that mycobacteria, such as TB bacteria, and non-mycobacteria, such as streptococcus or staphylococcus, they exist and they assist us in the healing phase. This means they'll be active in our body with a specific task to do at the same time we have symptoms, which is why the incorrect belief began that they actually cause the symptoms. They don't. They assist in returning our bodies to homeostasis. Well, let's face it. In nature, too much of any one good thing can be deadly. Drinking too much water can kill you. And yes, you can die from eating too much food at one time. Too much heat can kill you. Too much cold can kill you. So it makes sense that you could, in theory, take a substance from nature, such as a bacteria, and concentrate it and give it to a group of people. Then the question becomes, will 100% of them get sick? Well, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. If 95% of them get sick, then there's another factor at play here. German New Medicine tells us that that other factor is the biological program that those 95% were running. The new bacteria in their body then creates a healing phase that's more complicated, just like drinking the water in Mexico. So do 100% of people exposed to the Clostridium botulinum, that's the bacteria that causes botulism, do they get sick? Do 100% of people exposed to the Bacillus anthracis, known as anthrax, get sick? I don't know. I would love an answer. So if you know of any scientists with this answer, let me know. And all of this is to say that there is no bioweapon made by the coronavirus because it's just not possible. It might be possible if it was a bacteria, but that doesn't mean everyone will have symptoms. Remember that the healing phase that people are having all over the world right now is one, two, or three programs of nature that are following the two-phase pattern perfectly. This tells me that these are natural healing phases. They are not caused by a bioweapon or bat poop. Of the three programs, the first program that's running, I'll, a quick recap here, it's the bronchial program, which is a territorial fear conflict, or the laryngeal program, which affects the larynx, which is a scare-fright conflict. Whether it impacts in the bronchioles or the larynx is determined by the gender, laterality, and hormone status of the individual. The second program is the kidney-collecting tubule program, and that's from feeling abandoned, and we know the people in Wuhan felt abandoned by their government. Well, now that we're getting more into isolated societies because of quarantines, more and more people are experiencing the kidney collecting tubule program. And it can be the anticipation of the quarantine that also causes it. We also see a lot of people hoarding right now. They're hoarding food and water. And here in the United States, they're hoarding toilet paper. This is an indication they may be running two kidney-collecting tubule programs because, because people don't feel safe. And when people don't feel safe, they hoard. 
So the bronchial program with the kidney collecting tubule program create what we call pneumonia, and that can be deadly. The third program we're seeing more of are the stink conflicts. This stinks, this is lousy. So when you're conflict active with this program, you're feeling just fed up, I've had it, this is awful. The healing phase will be the common cold. So when I looked up the symptoms a month ago, they're different than what are listed now. And I'm seeing that more stink conflicts appear to be on the rise, which I think is a good thing because it's a common cold versus bronchitis. It's less intense, less uncomfortable in many ways. Now I promised some folks that I talk about Italy because it was the second country in the world to have an increase in the coronavirus. And its death toll has now surpassed that of China. So let's look at that. Why was Italy hit so hard after China was? And I'll share with you what I've been able to figure out, but let's first look at the numbers. The cases in Italy, the first case was in January 31st. It was two people from China. I believe they were from Wuhan and they were visiting in Northern Italy. By January 9th, they had three cases. Another person from Wuhan, an expat from Italy who came from Wuhan to go back to Northern Italy. By February 16th, they had six cases. By February 21st, they had 20. By February 28th, they had 888. So we see a big jump between the 21st and the 28th. What was interesting in that time frame, in that week, was that all sports were suspended, schools were closed, and 50,000 people were put under quarantine, and law enforcement were brought out to implement that. Hmm, that is fascinating, and it's a big clue. We'll come back to that. February 28th, 880 people confirmed in Italy, A week later, March 6th, 4,636. So we went from 888 to 4,600 people in one week. What happened in that week? All the schools were shut down, the university, no spectators at anything, and more quarantines occurred. Then we look at March 12th. A week later, we went from 4,600 on March 6th On March 12th, there were 15,000 cases confirmed. And what happened in that week was that the entire country was quarantined. So here's my theory. Remember, we have symptoms after the conflict has been resolved, which means large amounts of people resolve their conflicts during those times and right around the same time. So my theory is that when they were put into quarantine, they got out of fear because they think it's something that spreads. It's like, oh, okay, we're under quarantine. Nothing's going to come in. Nothing's going to go out. We're safe now. And somehow by feeling safe, they resolve their conflict and that put them into the healing phase. That's what I can figure. So what do you think? Let me know, especially if you live in Italy. So what is going on Italy now? Um, Remember, it started in Northern Italy. And from what I can tell, there's a lot of economic and political turmoil in Italy, but that's been going on for years. We also saw that there were floods and landslides in October of 2019. Could there have been some conflict shocks there? Possibly. But truly what we're looking at is the fear. The first three people had come from Wuhan, China. People heard that and the fear, I think, started their conflict shocks. 
So it's fascinating how we see this changing around the world as we see the fear spreading. It looks like quarantines help people to resolve their conflict shocks, which simply means we'll see an increase in the number of people diagnosed. The types of testing they're doing is affecting the numbers as well. So let's talk about what do we do? Quarantine, you know, I don't think is the answer and I'm not the one in charge. So um, it will put people into resolution and they'll go into the healing phase. Quarantine also isolates us, which can kick in the kidney collecting tubule program, which means we take on more water, which means our cold or bronchitis can be more complicated. And if you're listening to this or watching this, you probably already know some GNM. So you know that we all have to develop the tools and techniques to downgrade our own fear and our own feelings of isolation. And there's all different ways of doing that. That will be individual for everyone. Some people do it with EFT, the tapping method, or acupressure, or simply distracting your mind. Get out some board games and play them with your family. Make some popcorn, have a movie night, watch a comedy, do some laughing. Find anything you can do to divert your attention and get your mind off of the worry and out of fear. Don't watch the news. Don't read it. Don't listen to it. I don't. I've researched the news twice, and that's just for creating these two podcasts. Otherwise, I'm not really paying attention to it. I hear enough from my family and my neighbors, so I know it's going on in my community, and that's all I need to know. And I'm truly too busy to be bothered by the hysteria. It's interesting being an observer of it. I do recommend developing a network of people that you can trust, that you can talk with, have your GNM community around you. We are social animals. And so do what you can to be part of the healthy community, even if it's via FaceTime or Skype. Have normal conversations too. Don't focus all your talk on your government or how terrible living conditions are right now. Go outside if you can, enjoy nature. That's always wonderful to do. Find new ways to engage with the people in your life. You've probably all seen the videos of people um, in Italy who are singing to each other from their balconies. And that's what we need to do right now is to find new ways to be together in the world. And lastly, of course, I'm going to encourage you to increase your knowledge of German new medicine to a greater degree so you can continue to process being out of fear. And yes, I offer online programs. Anyone can take them at any time. So check out my websites. I'll put those in the show notes. And please sign up for usagnm.com for their mailing list because we are creating resources for people as well that will go out soon. I caution about sharing German new medicine with others at this time. The sheer mass of healing symptoms right now has created a group consciousness of fear. And our governments are making changes in regard to that fear. And if you don't follow your community's guidelines, you can be ostracized. So not everyone is open to hearing new ideas right now. They're in too much fear and they're trying to follow the rules because they think if they follow the rules, they'll survive. And we don't need more isolation, especially those of us who know GNM. And you don't need somebody getting into your face telling you you're not following the rules, right? So follow the rules where you live and share compassion with everyone you encounter. Everyone's doing the best they can. And when they're overrun with fear, 
That is unfortunately the best they can do right then. If you have an opportunity to introduce GNM, go for it, but wait for that opportunity. You know GNM. You can do your best, and your best might look better than folks that are in fear right now. I do a silent, you know, namaste to everyone. When I see them, if I walk past them and I see a panicked look on their face that I maybe walked a little too close or something, the God in me acknowledges the God in you. And I see the divine in every one of us. And that helps me to just understand their fear and acknowledge it, but not get caught up in it. Learn to engage with your loved ones in new ways. Eat whole foods that are healthy, not processed, so your body has plenty of vital energy. Take every day as it comes with good intentions. And if you're in the healing phase, stay out of fear and support your body. It knows exactly what to do. Settle into this journey as calmly as you can, because that's what it is. It's a new journey for each of us to discover new ways of being in the world. So thanks for being here and keep in touch.